and welcome to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I am your host, which my name is Sam. And as I am every week, I am joined by some very talented individuals. And this week, we're going to be talking about scary games, a.k.a. spoopy games, a.k.a. very scary ass games. <laughs> um, but before we get into any of the scary games, let's again introduce who we have with me this week. And let's start with Tanny. Tanny, how are you? Oh, hello. I'm, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing better. Again, this week has, it's only Monday as we record this. Mm. I, I feel that. But I figured I should ask you how you're doing and like, you know, because like, you're going to ask us how we are. But I had to give it back to you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, all right. And Emily, aka Whitefoot, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, Sam? Everyone keeps asking. Oh my gosh. I am doing just well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Taz, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Sam? Um, you know, <laughs> doing all right. Day at a time. This is a thing now. I love it. Let's talk about you, Sam. You know, almost November, which is kind of weird because it's like this year is almost over. But you know, hey, day at a time. Day at a time. And last but certainly not least, El Capitan Puppet. Hey! You didn't ask me how I was. I was waiting. You always say the hey. I was going to ask, how are you doing? We had a, we're going to have wow. to back. Let's try it again. Let's oh, bring it back. Okay. Keep okay, it let's bring it back. Let's it okay, let's try it again. <clears throat> but last and certainly not least, El Capitan Puppet. Hey. Puppet, how are you? I'm good. Wow. She didn't ask me how I was. <laughs> I was. Ask Sam. <laughs> Puppet calls the line. Like, nah. <laughs> Sam's been asked too many times how they're doing. Well, thank you all, besides one person, for joining <laughs> me this week. I really appreciate it. And we will be right back with what we've been playing for the last week or so. See you there. Welcome back to the game Raven Review podcast with one of our main segments. What have we been playing pretty much for the last week until the last time you've heard us in the previous podcast? Go listen to that. It was really fun. Um, so whether it be an indie game or not, we kind of talk about it for like a few minutes. I will kind of start off. I because I, I played a game, everyone. Yay, oh, the streak yay. is sadly over. Yay. Um sat down to play Demon Slayer, the anime arena fighter. Uh, it's good. Like, again, if you like the Naruto Storm games, it's roughly that with swords. Um, I also appreciate how, like, the way they unlock characters that you kind of have to play the story mode, which if you want to go pay for extra characters, you can. But at the same time, you can also just get it by, again, just playing the game. Um, I like that. Um, the story is fine. Again, if you are familiar with Demon Slayer, it's roughly just that story. Like, there's not doing anything different which i mean that's fine to me i guess um i'm enjoying it i went online i went to ranked i am undefeated because i only played one game <laughs> um like the guy i played is like he won like seven games i'm like oh man he's gonna be kind of good 
kind of wasn't. And I'm like, I'm just kind of pressing buttons. I don't really know how to cancel or do anything yet, but it's fun. Like, again, this would be something that I would like to play for a while. Again, it is a quote unquote AAA game. So again, look at the prices for those things. If you are interested, again, get the PS4 version. It's like $10 cheaper if you have a PlayStation 5 kind of situation. I'm here to save money. I don't care what the graphics look like, but it is very pretty, though. It is very pretty. How is the, like the when you're going through story mode? How's the non-combat portion? Because sometimes like those kind of anime games, those like like Naruto, like Ninja Storm, like each game was different. How you like walked around and did stuff. How is that in the story mm. mode? I haven't looked at too much gameplay on it. I kind of wanted to keep it. The Naruto, I think it was Storm Three, when you had to like walk around like the village and stuff. You get some segments like that. Any quote-unquote cutscenes, you can pretty much mm-hmm. just skip altogether if you want to. Right. Um, but again, if you know the story, you can just skip it. It's like, I just want sure. to, I just want to get Nezuko because I want to play as her. Um, but yeah, like um, you get some of those kind of missions, like hey, sniff out the blood of the bad person, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, let me go sniff out this person for like a couple of minutes and. Once you're done with that, again, you get back to the cutscenes and you're able to skip them once again. Okay. So if you want to watch them, you can. If you don't want to watch them, you don't have to. For the most part, everything that is non-combat, five minutes, like each little section maybe. And even then, I'm not done with the game, but those sections are kind of few and far between outside of you actually like fighting nondescript demons versus like the big boss demons. Mm. And when you're encountering the big boss demons, is there like a Ninja Storm like... Uh, uh, we talked about it on a podcast. I forgot the phrases. Um, like those cinematic cutscenes, kind of thing. Cinematic cutscene, uh, timed, mm. time button mashing yeah. events. I deal. They have that. Yes. Cool. Yes. It is Freaking like cool. it, it is literally just a demon slayer skin. Love that. What Cyber Connect has done in the past with Naruto. Like it's sweet. Get those. Press your left button to go, to go kind of to the left. Mash square really, really hard for like ten seconds to beat down the demon person like, mm-hmm. it's crazy just that like again it's fun the mainstay of that game of course is going to be the online i think the online's fine my connection with the person that i played against at one time undefeated just want to remind everyone of that was good <laughs> like it wasn't like you still get to see like their bars as well so if someone is two out of five bars you can make that choice of being like and eh, i don't know this guy's connection is kind of not that great and you can choose to leave that room and find someone else mm. cool but that is what I've been playing. You know, again, I will keep everyone updated on my win streak as the days go on. But let's move on to Emily. Emily, what have you been playing? Um, let's see. What have I been playing? Um, <laughs> I've been playing a game uh, called Root, a game of woodland might and right, and it's sort of a turn-based. Um. <sighs> kind of hard to describe really basically you choose a faction you can be like a bird or um, a cat or a fox and you are basically trying to take over as many clearings in the forest as you can Um, and it's kind of like a board game card game Um, and you have fights and uh, you roll the dice to see who you know who is the most powerful in the fight and it's pretty fun I've uh, played a few games I'm not very good in fact I was uh, really excited to play the Eerie Dynasty. They're like these blue cardinals. And I was like, oh, I get to be a bird. But the way they, each different faction has its own style of play. And theirs is much more difficult. You have to really plan ahead. Like, for example, 
you have to issue a decree and saying, okay, this turn, we're going to fight in this clearing, we're going to build in this clearing, and we're going to move in this clearing. And if you can't accomplish one of those things, you go into turmoil and your leader is deposed and you lose all your points. You have to get 30 victory points to win the game. So I was really excited to play as the bird faction and I just can't do it. It's just, it's really difficult. Anyway, that's, that's what I've been kind of testing out. You can play online with people or you can play solo. I've been playing some solo games. Um, I've also been playing a game called TikTok, A Tale for Two, which is a really fascinating game. It's sort of like a puzzle game you play with two people. Um, and basically you, I've been playing with my brother um, one of you has half the information you need to solve the puzzle and the other person has the other half. So you really have to work together and communicate uh, in order to answer these, you know, puzzles. And, and it's kind of a neat, it's like a disappearance of a, a brother and sister story and they own like a, a clock shop and there's like a white raven and it's really interesting. Kind of a steampunk style aesthetic yeah i saw this on your list and i literally just bought the game yeah oh it's so cool yeah i remember meeting the devs uh taz you and i met them two years ago at pax i think and i was oh, really? so excited for this yeah. game it just looks so freaking cool have you played it yet then we demoed it yeah we demoed oh, okay. it yeah yeah um but i definitely yeah i want to play this <laughs> it looks so good it's hard. We got stuck and we're like, well, we've been playing for an hour and a half. Let's call it here. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now. So it's really fun. It's really neat. Um, it's exciting when you do solve the puzzle because you're like, oh, and it's it seems really, you know, you can't do it on your own. You have to have the other person. So if one if one of you doesn't quite get, you know, what it is you need or it's it's really helpful if you're good at communicating with each other mm -hmm. to say, OK, I'm seeing this. What are you seeing? So that makes it really interesting. Yeah, Taz, you are playing another game like that where you are two different people and you see different things on your own screen and you have to like communicate. Yes. Uh trying to find the name of that. Um yeah, very similar concept. That one was more of a like first person moving around, whereas the one that, that uh Whitefoot's you're talking about is more like uh I want to say more point and click type puzzle game if i remember it correctly i have not seen yeah. its final final version but I, I yeah puppet i i am a huge fan of those kinds of games especially when you're not in the same room because he and i will play sometimes we'll have to cheat because we, we would like stream at the same time we're streaming different perspectives but it is sometimes i'm like i gotta peek at it like see what he's seeing because you have to like really really communicate yeah mm. I've also been playing a game uh, called Alchemy Story. Um, it's just a cute, cozy game. It's kind of a crafting game. Um, you are an alchemist who moves into this little town that has all been, uh, they've all been cursed by a witch. So she's turned pretty much everyone um, into animals. So you have to go around and um, find mementos for each character so they remember their name. And then you have to transform them back into a person. And yeah, it's really cute it's made by eloise laroche i think i'm saying that name wrong but um she is the same developer solo developer who made lemon cake mm. so she oh, has cool. a really cute aesthetic i love her style and i really like the game it's fun it's very cute so that's what i've been playing 
Thank you, Emily. And let's move on to Taz. Taz, what have you been playing? So really quick, before I mention that, uh, the game that Puppet was talking about is a game called We Were We Were Here. And it's actually a series um, developed by Total Mayhem Games. If you like that kind of stuff, uh, they have We Were Here, We Were Here 2, as in also We Were Here Together. And their next installment is We Were Here Forever, coming out in quarter 2022. So if you like that kind of game, or, or if, uh, Emily, you like that kind of stuff and you want to play maybe with your, with, your, with your hubby, those are great games to get into. So They should have a prologue called We Were Here First. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably in the works. You can go do a lot of things with that. Um, what have I been playing? So I have been playing, of course, one of the greatest uh, anime mobile games of all time, Konosuba Fantastic Days. Um, today, but like UTC zero time is 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so technically, to yesterday, before five o'clock, they had like a spring update or a, or a new new pool for new polls and stuff. Still rocking the Halloween stuff. Uh, but I've also been playing because um, last week uh, the final DLC character for Smash Ultimate came out and it was Sora from the Kingdom Hearts series. I've been playing a lot of that, um, playing with Sora, trying to go through all of this, like all of the characters. I, I'm a uh, see I'm a one V one player in Smash. I'm not good at playing against multiple people. There's just a lot going on, like. I just can't do it. 1v1 me and, you know, then it's a different story. I have to do like the Omega um, like arenas where it's just one little slab and then, you know, gloves off, you know. So I'm doing level nine CPUs on each individual character. Now, I've, I got through Bowser. I got I forgot who I, the last one I went through. But after I defeat all of the CPU, like all the level nine CPUs, then I'll move on to um completing the main storyline with Sora. And because of all that, because of the latest update, because of that, I've been playing uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 again uh, on the PS4, playing the uh, Kingdom Hearts 1. Or excuse me, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 remix. So I started my Kingdom Hearts journey over again. And it's just it's just a nostalgic trip, man. That game is freaking good. The entire series is good. So if you haven't already, please feel free to do so. They are, although, you know, I'm not here to like, don't like tell you what to do or not, but there are cloud versions of the games coming on Switch. I don't know if they're out already, but a lot of, I mean, cloud gaming is pretty, it's a slippery slope because something with Kingdom Hearts, which is kind of like a hack and slash, you got a lot of inputs to do. Cloud gaming, there's a lot more lag than if it were just built in or hard hardwired into your uh, your console or your PC. So it's been a little bit of a a, a kind of a iffy subject. Um, but if you want, but and you know because of that, you can't really necessarily take it on the go as much as the Switch likes to. Oh yeah, we're a, we're a portable console. Like yeah, until you have like cloud based gaming, which is interesting, but. Um, if you, you you don't if you don't take your switch anywhere, you just rock it on your TV, then go for it. But uh, but yes, I've started my Kingdom Hearts journey over again, and I'm going to love every single second of it. And Taz, I'll say it because you, you know, very graciously did not. The Switch's internet is trash. Right. I'll just, just it's not good. <laughs> like 
even if you have the new OLED, ooh, that gives mm-hmm. you an Ethernet, which you should have had five years ago, but that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Even the Ethernet, I've heard, is still not good. Yikes. Especially with games like Smash, which, you know, Robot Netcode. What's that, Nintendo? You don't know. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. ever put it into your games. So, again, as cloud gaming's fine as far as Nintendo goes. It's just, if you have other platforms, I would probably go there. But again, if that's the platform that you have, Absolutely. then go right ahead. Give it a try. Give it a whirl. Yeah. You know, but yes, if you have other means, would recommend that. Good. Yes. We'll, we'll send. I try. Tanny, you're next. Oh, okay. Well, um, I don't know why, but when you said my name, I was like, wait, what am I doing? Why am, wait, why am is I? My, <laughs> yeah, why is my name being called? And then it took me a second to realize, oh, <laughs> right, right. I got to talk about games that I'm playing, which is the easiest thing to do in my life, but also like the most complicated <laughs> because I'm always playing like a thousand things at once. Um, for those who were here when I did my first podcast with you guys, I had like this massive list of games that I was playing. And it's just because like I pick something up and then I play it for a couple hours and then something else comes and I play it for a couple hours and then I jump back to the other one. And it's kind of like this vicious cycle of constant like game dabbling. <laughs> so it's like one of those things that's like, what are you playing recently? And it's like, oh, uh-huh uh what did i play today question mark so anyways um long story short i dread but also welcome this question um the most recent thing that i've been playing though uh is a game called traveler's rest um super super awesome i actually played it um i was gonna play it on my own but i ended up playing it with um oh poop what do you call it the um steam uh share oh my brain is fizzling what do you call that thing when like you you play with people but you like remote play yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that word that i could not remember that thing um i played it uh so yeah i played it uh remote play and uh it was a lot of fun um it's kind of weird um the way it's set up for remote play but it still worked really well um so travelers that's long story short is you are an owner of a tavern and it's one of those, you know, um, sim type games where you, you think it's going to be like a tavern tycoon situation, but it's actually a lot more than that. Um, you get your tavern and you can, you know, do lots of updates on the inside. You get to decorate it like, uh, you know, your your tavern is based off reputation. So depending on how like, you know, how well you do um, with serving you know, the customers with what they want. Um, you know, you get different reputation depending on like what decorations you have, um, you know, determines comfort levels. But like, if you have too many of the same thing, then it like actually takes away. So kind of like if you guys played Valheim, like the different decorations change the comfort, which also like made you rest better. <laughs> if that, if you guys uh, ever played it, it's like similar, um, similar, you know, uh, logic there. Um, but yeah, so you you get to also like run a farm and you get to, you know, do lots of crafting and like make your own different types of beer. And then like from my understanding, like there's stairs that go upstairs that I still haven't been able to go up. And like apparently I can like, you know, maybe sell rooms for the inn and like 
I just unlocked a crafting room in the back of my of my tavern where I'm actually now making my own like malt liquor and all these other things. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so either way, I feel like I am the king of a tavern right now, just making all these awesome things, crafting all this good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's really so far for it being early access, it has such a nice charm to it. I mean, granted, there are some things that, you know, I still would have liked to, uh, you know, really see done, like making like, you know, the resources more accessible because there's only like a small little area that you could like travel. It's not like a Stardew Valley situation where you have this massive map and you can go around and like collect all these different things. It's like you have your one area and things will populate on there, you know, and uh, regrow over time. And you kind of just have to wait for that. So I guess it is like a resource management, you know, type of discussion. But um, there's small little things like that. And you share a hot bar when you're um, playing on um, remote play. And if someone goes into a menu when you're on remote play, everyone's in the menu. So if I like, you know, go to craft something, uh, my friend who I was playing with, that menu would open up on uh, his screen as well. And so like he would have to stop doing what he was doing when I was in a menu and vice versa. So like things like that, I feel like should be able to be ironed out a bit more. Um, but for what it is right now, like I've been having a lot of fun. Like last night, I think I put like, I don't even know how many hours did I, oh, three hours last night I put in. And that was the first time I tried it. And it was definitely a lot of fun and I'm going to play some more today. So like that's the, uh, the most recent one. Um, highly recommend you guys if you guys like those type of games. Um, definitely a good one to jump on early. Uh, because I can only see it getting better. And it, they just released like a an update, so they're constantly updating the artwork. So, um, supporting them early, I think, is you know an awesome thing. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like that kind of also goes on with uh, Stardew Valley, the the friend that I was playing. Uh, this game with I actually introduced him to Stardew Valley <laughs> and like converted his soul into what it is to be in love with these type of games because like up until now he was like you know CSGO and he's like one of the main mods of Escape of on or Escape on Tarkov and I'm like no play farming sim games and he was Yay. like he was like, what? What is that? I'm going to hate it. I was like, no, no, you will not. And I, I corrupted his soul. <laughs> nice. Did you guys see the creator of uh, Stardew Valley's next game? Oh, my God. Yes. I want to freaking chocolateer, dude. Holy yeah. moly. It looks so good. Oh, I mean, like I, I literally squealed for the two minutes <laughs> that I watched that video. I was like, oh, my God, when can I do it? When can I do it? And all it says at the end is in development. I'm like, why? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, tell me what I can have this in my in my hands, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I like I am the worst fan individual over this i literally ran around screaming at my cat after being like floki floki there's a new game coming and i can make chocolate and like my <laughs> other cat noelle is looking at me like what is wrong with this human just screaming at us about chocolate i'm like yes just, <laughs> it needs to happen okay anyways <laughs> so yes i did see this 
And as you can see, I am ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like outside of those, though, I mean, I play Genshin Impact, uh, you know, quite regularly because I gotta, I gotta have me Breath of the Waifus, you know, like I gotta, I gotta have, I gotta have those. And right now, Genshin Impact really doesn't like me when it comes to RNGesus. So I haven't really been getting like really good drops at all. And I've been getting a wee bit salty, but like, it's fine. You know, it's part of the, the gotcha grind. So yeah, that's just something on an ongoing basis. Just get one of those unlucky stretches that last forever. Yeah, you, you were mentioning uh, Konosuba. Is that a, a gotcha as well? I've actually never heard of it. Uh, yes, if you like the anime, it is a uh, gotcha mobile game. Fantastic. Yes, I do. I do like the anime. Um, why? See, like now it's gonna like be pulling more lovely, lovely waifus. You know, I just, I just, my life is so full of them. Not that I'm complaining, but at the same time, my wallet does sometimes. You know, because I'm, de- <laughs> I am definitely a victim of that. Where I'm like, I want you. I haven't felt like I needed to. I, I've, I've been talking about Konosuba that I've, a game I've been playing. I've been playing it every day for like the last two months, and. I, I, you know, you get hooked on a mobile, hooked on a mobile game for like a week, and then you're good. I haven't yeah. put a single cent into this game because it makes me feel that I can still earn the gems, like at a reasonable pace, at a reasonable time. I can still max out oh. my stuff without paying a cent. So that's what I like differently. And it's not like the, I mean, it's kind of similar to Genshin Impact. They don't do the whole puzzle piece gimmick. It's just like either get the character or you don't, or you get a duplicate that you can upgrade the character you already have. No, no hundred pieces for one character. You know, that kind of sounds a lot more forgiving and a lot more, you know, easier on my heart and sanity. So Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this might be something that I have to check out now that, like, I was listening to you and I was like, wait a minute, is that a gotcha? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know what you think. All right, Tez, you'll be, you'll be first to know for sure. Lit. Um, but yeah, then other than that, you know, I, I'm always playing Dead by Daylight with uh, folks on and off and especially being october more people you know want to play the spoopy games so you know just running away screaming as i try to save my soul from a mass murderer and you know escape from this unrealistically weird scenario where you are locked in this area and need to fix generators because everyone that's dropped there apparently knows how to fix generators you know, and has that knowledge to completely redo that and reactivate electricity. Uh, so, you know, I just had to to scratch that itch. I don't know if I'm making any sense to anyone here <laughs> when I say this, because I just realized I'm like, you know, going on and, and talking about, you know, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense type of situations of Dead by Daylight. But if you've never played it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's me. Uh, the most prominent things I could, you know, go on a tangent and a five-hour conversation about everything else that I've played and kind of dabbled into within, you know, even the last two days. But I mean, okay, I have a question. Answer. I've had I, I've wanted to play Dead by Daylight because I've had so many people say, "Oh my gosh, you would love this game." Is it first person though? Um. So no, it is not. It's kind of it, it's third person. But it's not like too too far third person. It's like, you know, it, it's it's uh like over the shoulder, kind of. Yeah, I think that's the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because you can like 
for example, when I'm being chased by a killer, I can use my right mouse button, hold that down and kind of change the camera angle, but not change the direction that I'm running. So that way I can actually like look behind me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's not like over the top too much where you just see everything. It's it's actually more like it's still like the the holy beep. There's someone chasing me. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I need to make sure where they are. And instead of just being first person, it's like just a little bit more over. And you're like, OK, thank God there's this aspect because I would be crying if i couldn't see ah, yeah oh perfect okay well i have the game uh i'll probably want to play with you at some point um yes. i just can't do first person because you know motion sickness but oh yeah no um, you're fine then you're fine yay awesome okay yeah just let me know if uh you want to stream that you know for one yeah. of the, the raven knights or something let me know and i will gladly join you and be your sensei of of dead by daylight yeah escaping murder sensei Yes. And uh, Taz, I think you have this game too, yeah? I do. I played it once. I didn't like it, but that's just me. Don't take my word for it. I I wasn't a fan. You See, this is the thing too, though, about games like this, that I think it could be said for a lot of multiplayer games, is it really depends on who you're playing with. If you're playing with, like, randos, then, like, it kind of gets really, like, annoying and really poopy. Because people just do their own things and like don't care about you and don't work in a team and nothing gets done. And you're like, why do I even bother playing with people? But like if you have friends and like you can communicate with each other and you're like, all right, I'm doing this or I'm going to go get you. Don't worry. Don't die on me. Like (laughs) it's a little it's a little better, in my opinion, depending on who you have. So I'm not sure, Taz, if you played with like friends or, or if it was like randoms but these type of things do get better with depending on who you are playing with them mm-hmm. i mean i, I like yeah I, I i still have it so if we're trying to get a run a game i'd be more than happy to try it again with actually people uh that i know but i, I I'm, I'm willing to give it a second world love it i will also be your murder sensei heck yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome and last but again not least puppet what have you been playing Hey, yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I did that. That was weird. Because <laughs> we love uh, you. That's, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, this... I Okay, I have been going through a lot in my real life, so I haven't been gaming, like, a whole lot. Um, I've been mostly resting and um, just, yeah, self-care. Self-care is good, everyone. Um, so my self-care has been playing Eastward. <laughs> on my own. I love the game. It's going super well. Um, I have also been playing a lot of Graveyard Keeper, um, which I've mentioned before here. Um, And I feel like I could play Graveyard Keeper forever. Um, Although I am getting to points when I am getting a little frustrated because there's so much to do and I just kind of feel a little overwhelmed. Um, And I even had somebody come in uh, to my chat who um, was like, I'm just like trying to see like what I should do next. And it looks like you're kind of early on, but I'm feeling overwhelmed and I just hate this game and like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And they're like, yeah, but I still want to play it. And I was like, yeah, same. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's uh, it's been um, cozy, cozy games, I guess, ish for me. yeah. And then Super Smash Brothers with Taz. Um that's been fun. Um I'm better at Sora than he is. So that's, I'm just gonna throw it okay. out there. One one view won me, I swear to God. Um 
I have people who will back me up on that. No, for sure. No. Shade. It was the funniest <laughs> thing because we play for, you know, at the podcast last week. Uh, we, we, you know, we're playing, we're doing Raven Party of Smash, promote the new character. I had all the info. I was playing it for an hour while recording a podcast without anybody knowing. And I, I was grinding. Sora came out. I was grinding. First match we do, we have everyone be Sora. Emily comes out on top. Whoops. I'm just like, yeah. well, <laughs> there goes all my hard work, which I'm very proud of you for. But yes, no, it was yeah. the funniest thing. No, it was the weirdest thing. Like, I usually main Zelda because I love her. Not because I'm good with her, but I mean, I'm OK with her, actually. But um, I yeah, I'm actually decent with Sora. So um, he's very similar to Link, and I'm also really great with Link, so maybe that could be it, but I don't know. Anyway, um, Mr. Game & Watch, uh, also has a Keyblade, so I also play as him. He's a Keyblade Master, yeah. It's true. It's true. Anyway, uh, yeah, those are my games. <laughs> I do want to comment here, though, Puppet, so... For everyone here who does not know, Puppet will immediately know what I'm talking about as soon as I start talking about it. But the other night in my Discord, um, as Puppet usually does, like she comes in and she, you know, does a a, a post for her stream. And um, <laughs> all of a sudden, her post gets like banned by my bot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I got in trouble. <laughs> and she messages me being like, I got in trouble. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? It, what? And so there's a bot called Crosslink. And um, it basically helps you detect malicious links. Uh, you know, like those, you know, really um, beeping. I'm just going to beep myself every time I want to swear. Those... <laughs> you know, beeping poopy people who come in mm. and join discords and like post some really disgusting, terrible things and like break the discords and post in every channel, that kind of stuff. So Crosslink helps, helps you deal with that. <laughs> and I'm one of those people, apparently. <laughs> the very first time this bot has caught something in my server. Oh, I didn't because know it was the first. <laughs> yes, it was Puppet. And... <laughs> Because we just recently added it too, like get, I'll cut you some slack, right? Because we have had, unfortunately, some, you know, disgusting people from Twitch come and raid the Discord and be, mm. you know, those type of people. But either way, you are the first person who's been caught by this. And I messaged uh, my friend, who uh, like is my admin uh, guy for the entire Discord, and he was like, "I was like, what happened? Please make sure that this doesn't happen again." And Puppet made a joke about, like, oh, it's probably because I mentioned something about harvesting organs. And I was mm. like, no, no. And then he said, he's like, I think it was because uh, it said harvest organs from dead bodies. <laughs> and so <laughs> it actually was triggered from that because it's trying oh, to, no! start, so it's trying to, like, you know, catch gore. Because, um, you know, people will post, like, a lot of gore gifts and it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really gross what people do, right? So that's mm -hmm. what it caught. And oh no! Like, and he's like, "Don't worry, I fixed it. It won't happen." And I was like, "Okay, good." Because I mean, you know, she do be harvesting those organs, but like not in the sense that we want to block, you know? Yeah, I know. Oh my god! Even when I like posted that, because I, because okay, so my post was, "I'm finally live. Watch me harvest organs from dead bodies." Okay, because mm. <laughs> every time I play Graveyard Keeper, 
I've learned not a lot of people know what it is. So they're like, what? That's crazy. They're like shocked. And then I'm like, no, it's actually super cozy. <laughs> We're doing weird things, but it's really cozy. Okay. So I was like, ooh, I hope I don't, I hope this is okay to post. And then I got caught and I was like, oh, dang it. <laughs> I can't be too shocking. Uh, well, I'm honored to be the first, however. Um, I'll, I'll be, I'll be better. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You should be fine now, but I just thought it was absolutely hysterical when I got that message from you and that it was you who got caught by the bod <laughs> and that it was actually because you were like talking about harvesting organs. I was being too gory. I was being too spoopy. I'm sorry. Oh, oh God, no, you're fine. But I just, I don't know. I had a good laugh after and I, I wanted to bring it up because you're like, I've been playing Graveyard Keeper. I'm like, yes, yes, you have. <laughs> yes. So we know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, it's almost Scorpio season, everyone. I'm so excited. Oh, wait. No. Oh, God. Hold up. We're in Scorpio season. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, because my friend just had a baby, and he oh, is a little... Oh. Uh, He is a Libra, and it was, like, right before Scorpio season, and her other son is a Scorpio, and I was like, dang, you could have had two Scorpios in the family. Too bad. <laughs> Probably for the better, though. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I'm done talking. <laughs> And I wish I wish I knew what any of that meant. If there was good or bad things about being a Scorpio, I don't. Any, eh, eh. I'm a Leo. I don't know. Eh, I just. I, oh I man, exist. you're gonna I open just, up a can of worms. We're gonna sit and right, talk about astrology. I was gonna say, do you really want to open this can of worms? Because like I have a feeling that there's a bunch of us who will weigh in on astrology. So mm -hmm. <laughs> as we move along, um, <laughs> thank you all for your answers and we'll be right back with the question of the week see you there Welcome back to the GURP. That's right, the Game Raven Review Podcast. I'm gonna get t-shirts with that on it one day. Um, with the segment that we like to call Question of the Week. In our Discord, we pretty much post a question every day to kind of see where everyone's head's at. And with it being the spooky month, of course, we chose a spooky question. If you'd like to join our Discord, please go to GameRavenReview.com and a link will be right there for our Discord. So our really Spooky question. Ooh, spooky. Um, what are your pet peeves in horror games? And let's start with Taz. Oh God. Uh, I know I have one. I, I'm trying to think about this. Pet peeves in horror games. Mm, supply management in horror games is one of my biggest pet peeves because there needs to be a balance, right? I. When you're playing a games like like Outlast, right? You you know, you there's a balance between, you know, I'm in a room, I have no idea what's going to happen. I need my, you know, night vision camera, right? You can find batteries all over the place. But you sometimes got to use it, sometimes you want to save your batteries, save your juice a little bit, right? And I think that horror games that have that kind of mechanic, it's it's a hit or miss. Um and they either like 
like they 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 do it so little to where once you get to the end of the game and for some reason there's this boss battle or whatever even though this has kind of just been a scary experience you're left with nothing because you use it all being scared by a bunch of nonsense so and that's why like and and this is not no way me like saying you know i'm i I don't like these games i do like these games i'm just saying like games like alien isolation was one of the greatest horror games of its time that came out and i didn't use half the things that they offered me sometimes it's even overwhelming i didn't use barely anything of course because you can't use the gun on the alien because that doesn't work it doesn't do anything you just gotta run you gotta hide from that sucker so mm-hmm. there's zero point in like using any of that stuff. Sure, there's some androids running around, but like you can you can walk away from the, you, you you know it's sometimes it's overwhelming to the point where it's like I don't need any of this. I'm just trying to get out of here. So having like having the psychology of it tricking you to like oh you want to collect stuff. It's like no, you don't need to collect stuff because the boss is like the the main antagonist is not affected in any way, shape, or form throughout the game. Sure, flamethrower is nice. You can scare it away doesn't kill it you can't kill it there's like three of them in there um or you know it tricks you to be like hey collect the stuff it's super useful and it is until you get to the last boss where it doesn't give you any heat doesn't resupply you at all it's just like well you're here with one bullet good luck like what and then you get you rage quit and you're like trash game not that (laughs) it is it's just like an experience that you have emotionally that I've had on stream. I'm like, what this game was great up until the final chapter, because now I don't have the stuff because I already used the stuff. So mm. put to put that in a phrase, pet peeve, uh, item management is a hit or miss pet peeve. Oh, pet. Well, actually to piggyback on that, Taz, um, I don't know if this is like a horror game genre thing or if like I've only only played horror games that happen to have this um but so you have to have certain items in order to save so whether it's like you need to have parchment in order to save or if you need to have a cigarettes or something in order to save um and when those items are not easily found or like later on the in the game, they like become um, more scarce. I do not like that. Um, I, it's fine if it's like plentiful. Like I, I'm playing Dying Flame right now, and I feel like they're doing a really great job at um, making sure that there are enough of these items everywhere for you in order to save when you need to. And it kind of like it helps you with the pacing of how often you should save. Um, so that's done well, but I have played other games where it's like it the pacing is all over the place with the items. Like you said, Taz, like in the beginning of the game, you'll have so many opportunities to find a bottle of ink or whatever you need. And then later on, it's like so scarce. So you get into a rhythm of saving so often. Mm. And then, you know, you get to the hard parts and you're like, oh, well, shoot, I can't save now because, mm-hmm. um, you know, the items haven't been as plentiful as they were before and mm-hmm. you know part that might just be that's just what it is to play the game that's just a challenge but um yeah i'm kind of with you um taz like i i don't prefer it i don't prefer it mm-hmm. i also mm-hmm. like to be able to like stop and save whenever um and i don't know 
especially in horror games, I think, like if I'm being chased or if something really scary is happening and I pause and like things continue to happen while mm. you're paused, like that really bothers me because I'm like, no, like I need a pause so I can take a breath right now. Like mm. I, I, I need a break. Like I, I need I need a way out somehow. I just need it. It's a it's a security blanket. I know. But also I have ADHD, so I might get distracted and like suddenly need to fold my clothes all of a sudden. So um, I need to be able to pause and come back to it. I don't know. Um, so it's kind of similar to that. Um, but I think my um, my biggest pet peeve is uh, with horror games. Um, and I think I've expressed this before is um, when the balance between story and puzzle is off. Um, whether there is too much story where it's not as engaging, um, or if there's too much puzzle or if the puzzles are too hard and it kind of, um, you forget what's happening in the story like that, that does bother me sometimes. Um, and that's kind of weird for me to say, cause I do play games that are like super puzzle heavy and have really difficult puzzles. And I do forget what's going on in the story. Um, but if I could rule the world and if I could control every developer, I think with those kinds of games giving me the option of like an easy playthrough where it's mostly story or having, you know, it be hard with a lot of puzzles or like a balance in between and allowing me to choose that before I start playing the game um, would be pre preferable um, because I think it's just really hard to strike that balance. Um, same thing with like exploration. like. I was playing a game a couple weeks ago that everybody seems to like a lot and I was playing it for a couple a uh, couple hours actually and I didn't get anywhere cuz it was just me wandering around and um the story just felt kind of dead because there's no momentum at that point cuz you're just kind of wandering trying to find where you need to go. Mind you, I'm terrible at directions, so I probably take a little longer than the average person, but um overall like taz had the same experience somewhat with this game and so i just yeah it's that balance um momentum's really important um and when it's off it's just it kind of kills the whole thing pun intended i see what you did there <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right tanny so Oh man, I see. I was really thinking about it because, like, I'm on the same wavelengths as uh, Puppet and Taz here. Um, so that's definitely something that you know I've experienced and can relate with. Uh, but I'm just there's also like those other things that you know kind of eat away and chip away at your soul. And I have two things that are kind of the same, but kind of not. <laughs> so what I mean is like. They both have to do with, like, these unconventional horror tropes that seem to have, like, when I say unconventional, I guess it's more conventional. I, it is like a trope in a horror game or even a horror movie, like some sort of media coverage of horror that is always used and it always bugs me. The first and foremost one is, we were actually talking about this earlier, is jump scares. I hate horror games that rely on jump scares as what's making them the spooky like that's what the spooky thing in the game is is the jump scare and it's like that's not really scary that's just you know someone 
throwing something in your face right away and screaming at you really loudly. It naturally something jumping in front of you out of nowhere and them screaming in your face is going to make you scream back and jump because, well, hello? You know, like it's, it's, it's of course that's going to happen. And so in my opinion, like ha- using excessive amounts of jump scares in a game is is or even in a movie it just it takes away from it and it's like it almost seems like a really cheap excuse or rather a cheap like attempt at trying to make a horror game because they know that that's going to make someone jump instead of actually making like you know the atmosphere creepy the writing and the environment and everything around it's actually like that spooky like bone chilling situation where if you do see something or something is a jump scare that it almost like it makes sense too it's not like you know just every corner there's a jump scare like this that overuse of jump scares it annoys like the absolute bad words out of me <laughs> really trying okay i know i, I love I, it it is really appreciated <laughs> it is highly appreciated <laughs> oh god but so like that's like the one thing and kind of like accompanying that is the other like trope and this goes for any sort of horror media as well but like how the person hears a noise and they need to go and check it out or like they feel the need to like investigate something that clearly is not a good idea like why would you do that like hello are you insane like it's just it's very clearly out of the way like why are you doing this you know something is bad juju why are you doing this you are going to die like and it's just that constant use of people just being dumb and doing that exact same thing and it's like I'm going to go check where that sound came from and like, you know, be like, hello. Okay, bro, you know, nothing's there except something bad juju and you're going to die. Like, why are you doing this? (sighs) Anyways, (laughs) so I think mine comes down to just like an overuse of specific things that really desaturated the horror market into kind of what I think it is a lot of times now. And it takes away from a lot of the really, you know, really well done things because they're not, you know, people just want to be jump scared and people want to see, you know, the the streamer on Twitch jump in their chair and there's no jump scares, then it's not creepy. But like, you know, you're taking away from the actual, you know, I don't want this is gonna, I don't know, the beauty of horror games, you know, the actual finesse of a horror game. I'm on board with all of what you said. And Emily. Go ahead, Emily. I don't have, I can't, you know, I've been thinking about it, um, and I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I really can't. I can't. I can't narrow it down. I've only played a handful of horror games. And, I mean, the hardest thing about them for me, like the pet peeve, I guess, is that they scare the crap out of me and I'm too scared to like take the next step forward. I don't know. That's all I got. I'm sorry. I don't have much. I don't have much. It's not something to be sorry about. I mean, like, Hey, that's totally fine. Yeah. You're, 
easygoing. Just because you don't have pet peeves, like, yeah. If anything, you're just probably a better human than us because all we seem to be doing here is sitting here, like, you know, ranting about this and that and being super opinionative about how dare they. And you're know, like, you know, like, it's fun, you know, like, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I agree with your opinions. I'm, I'm over here nodding, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's annoying. But I don't have any of my own, like, really, that I feel really strongly about. For, for horror games in particular. Fair enough. Other than I'm, I'm too scared to like, I'll like walk backwards in horror games because I'm afraid of turning around <laughs> and looking like, I don't want to know what's in front of me. I walk backwards. I walk, I look at the floor if it's like a first person game because I just know I'm going to exactly. see something I don't it's want to. It's the jump scare though. It's <laughs> yes. like, it's, it's, it's cheap horror. It's cheap. It's mm -hmm. cheap. Anyways, I'm done. That's all I got. <laughs> and we appreciate that. Um, guess I'll put in my little two cents as we all shake a fist at the horror. Um, <laughs> as mentioned, again, my, I think we've mentioned this somewhere in the past on a number of these podcasts. I don't like jump scares, as mentioned by Tanny. It's just they're not scary. They're shocking. Again, if I were yeah. to just yell into this mic, which I will not do because I am somewhat of a nice person. <laughs> It would scare someone like some baby in the back would be like, oh, my gosh, what was that loud noise? And to me, like Tenny said, like it's that idea that, oh, if my live stream person that I love doesn't jump out of their chair and oh, my gosh, I, I'm so afraid when it's not like I'm looking at, like that's not scary. Like nothing that you're doing right now is scary. Like, sure. And again, I can't put a level of scariness on a person, even though I think sometimes you might be twitch acting. But that's just me again being old man and being jaded by the world. Um, but yeah, like jump scares to me. Much like Five Nights at Freddy's. That's that whole game is nothing but jump scares, but it also gives you somewhat of an atmosphere. Like when you get Foxy down to like I think like night four or so in that first game, when you first see Foxy like running down the hallway, like beelining it to you, that's scary. Because I know that that thing is coming at me and it will kill me. And oops, I'm only at 8% battery life and these doors aren't going to be closed forever and I'm only at 4 a.m. and I got to get to 6. Oh, wait, now we have an atmosphere because I know once the power goes out, I'm done. And that to me is what makes a horror game a horror game is an atmosphere. Like I want to be, I want to have a thriller element to it. Definitely. Right, like to me, all horror, like all horror needs thrillers but all thrillers aren't horrors and i think there's a line that sometimes people kind of miss of not putting a thriller element into something that is generally scary i'm gonna make a small tangent here about a tv show called you on the netflix where i didn't watch it when it first came out i just it wasn't up my alley the one kid from gossip girl meh and to hear people always talk about oh man it's so creepy so this and that I'm like, all right, let me let me see what people are talking about. And once you see it, the atmosphere brings you in. Like, is it a horror TV show? I mean, for the people that he's watching, yeah. For me, it's more of a thriller, but I get that atmosphere of like, yo, man, this, this is kind of creepy. Like, oh, this, this is getting kind of dark. Oh, this is now leaning towards again, just a really good show that has a little little dollops of horror in it 
because we are the gods of this world. We can see everything that he's doing, but the person that, again, he's stalking and doing other things too, doesn't know that until it's too late. And it's like, no, oh, well, I always love Dan from Gossip Girl. But it, you, for me, you need to have that atmosphere. And with jump scares, you just don't really get that a lot of times. Like when you play a game with like headphones on and you can hear your surroundings, you can hear that liquor down the hallway or Mr. X coming after you, which to me is a good mechanic. Like having Mr. X chase you all the time is like, oh, goodness. <laughs> let me run over here again and like, let me go get around this big burly person. Because if I get hit by him at least once, I'm going to be knocked out. Where if he was just like jump scaring in front of my camera, or in front of my computer screen. Well, after a while, that kind of loses its, like loses its scare factor. Because I know it's coming. Versus him busting through a wall and me being like, well, damn it. <laughs> Got to go around this way again. And then not knowing, can I hit him? Can I shoot him? Nope, that's not going to work. And just getting... Again, that atmosphere, and again, my pet peeve would be just, as I've mentioned before, not having jump scares, even though jump scares can be fine at times. It shouldn't be your main mechanic, though. Mm -hmm. You should have an atmosphere that leans towards, again, it being creepy, being, again, a thriller, being something that, again, when you look around that corner, who is breathing so heavily. (laughs) And then... Then maybe getting that when you like, like, like when Emily said, like you turn around and be like, oh, there, well, there you go. Hey, didn't know you were behind me breathing so heavily. Well, I'm a dead. I think then like you, basically in a nutshell, then you, the best way to say it, because I agree with you, is the lack of establishing an environment is, you know, the, the problem here. Exactly. At least for me. Yes, that is exactly mm-hmm. it. it is. Set up your world. Set up everything. Yeah. That I can agree with that. Yeah. Like Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2, for me, the remake or the original, starts off wonderfully. Where you're Leon going to be your first day as a cop because you overslept. And everything kind of hit the fan. And you're like, what, 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 hap- what happened? And even like even what Puppet said about like the puzzles. And I, for- I think it might be Resident Evil. I forget which game it was. It had like a puzzle leveling system. Like, how much do you want regular combat to be? Easy, normal, hard. How much do you want your puzzles to be? Easy, normal, hard. I'm like, you know what? That's a good mechanic to have. Like, I'm okay with that. Because if I walk into this and I'm stuck on a puzzle for like an hour, I'm going to drop your game. And be like, all right, well, I don't know what I do or don't need. I don't have this extra puzzle piece. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and then just leave. Mm-hmm. Ah, but that is my answer. And if you all would like to answer questions like this, again, please join our Discord. Please go to GameRavenReview.com and link our Discord will be right there. And we'll be right back after this with our main topic. See you on the other side.
back to the game raven review podcast with our main segment as we're going to talk about again the spooky scary games again horror games <laughs> and we're going to start off with what is a horror game and also what are some of the stereotypical classifications of a horror game um tanny we'll start with you this is uh so we were actually talking about this question just before the podcast started um and I know a lot of us kind of got into this really enlightening conversation about it. And I know Puppet's going to want to jump in here, too. Uh, but there's a lot of debate over what actually classifies a game as horror. So, for example, you know, you got your your stereotypical vices of a horror game, which are big, bad, scary monsters chasing you or, you know, evil serial killer coming for you or ghosts that, you know, are terrorizing you, etc. Or if there's a lot of gore in a game, it could be considered horror. Um, so a lot of those things kind of always get that classification of horror, regardless if it's actually a quote-unquote scary game or not. But then you get other games, you know, I think we were talking about Inmost as a game, because it is classified, one of the sub-tags on Steam that they have is horror. And that game does have, you know, dark imagery uh, a lot of dark undertones and uh you know dark uh context as a whole um so i mean like it is definitely an eerie game but it's more of like a psychological thriller if you really get down to the nitty-gritty uh and again this is my opinion i'm by no status of expert on this whatsoever but like pretty commonly when you have things like of that nature it's less of a horror classification as it is like people don't just slap that on right away. They would immediately slap on a horror title if it's like, you know, like I said, a serial killer chasing you that you're trying to like, you know, escape from or lots of big scary monsters that are tearing people apart. And like, you know, you know like those type of very stereotypical media definitions of quote-unquote scary things and i think this kind of falls back into the conversation too sam where you were mentioning like you know the establishing of an environment is important when it comes to you know the use of jump scares and i think that also kind of ties into this whole thing as well where it's like the environment that's how it's set up is very important and so you get something like inmost that has a very well-established environment and it's very creepy and dark and you know it is what it is but like people immediately won't classify that game as horror because it's not your typical in your face very obvious quote-unquote horror right so this is kind of like that vicious debate circle where you know it would be more of a psychological thriller than it would be a horror game again open to debate but yeah, Puppet, I, I don't know. I know you were kind of looking into a couple things uh, regarding that. Yeah, I, I think um, so. We had a podcast last year um, about horror games and we kind of talked about this like a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I had no idea how gray, how much of a gray area horror games and the classification of them um, is. And um, I'm a nerd, so, of course, first thing I do is, like, let's go to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, because, obviously, Wikipedia knows everything. 
Um, yeah. And I thought that they said it really well. So if you, um, the horror game page on Wikipedia says um, that horror game is a video game genre created on horror fiction originally um, and is typically designated to scare the player. Unlike most other video game genres, which are classified by their gameplay, horror games are nearly always based on narrative or visual presentation and use a variety of gameplay types. So I thought that was fascinating and also uh, probably the answer to the question of like, why is this so confusing? Because it is unlike any other video game genre because it's not based on gameplay it's based on narrative um which might also explain kind of like what you were talking about tanny like um how it's not the first uh thing you would classify a game as you'd probably classify a game um by its you know its gameplay um Mm. rather than you know uh it's it's narrative um so in my little um, Wikipedia rabbit hole for the day, um, I also um, have been reading about some subgenres of horror games, um, and it's another way in which the horror genre is kind of unique: is that it has some subgenres. Um, and so, uh, basically, there are um, one, two, three. For five different subgenres, according to Wikipedia, again, I'm just basing this on on what I'm I'm reading now. Um, if you are an expert in um, classifying horror games, please feel free to contact us on our website. We would love to hear from you um, because I love I'm just a nerd and I love this stuff. So, um, so the first subgenre is what's called survival horror so that's kind of like um the forest for example would be like a survival horror um and it's based on um basically these games focus on like surviving right um in a horror setting with limited resources and it's basically more geared to like um it would be more so considered an action adventure game or like an action game um, but with horror elements, like you were mentioning, Tani, um, mm-hmm. the Resident Evil series is uh, a great example of survival horror. Um, the second one is action horror. Um, basically, um, it's like a spinoff of survival horror. Um, and most action game, uh, action horror games are like first person and there's third person shooters. So, um some people say that the Resident Evil games uh, land under more like quote unquote action horror. Um, but again, it comes down to the narrative uh, and what elements are a part of that. Um, the third is psychological horror, which is um, my personal favorite. Um, and these are meant to scare the player emotionally, mentally, or psychologically um, rather than through like jump scares or monsters or so on. Um, and I I enjoy this genre the most because it's about like what is not seen rather than what is. And for me, mm-hmm. I just believe that like the scariest uh actually no, we've seen this. Like, you know, Stephen King is great at this. Like, your imagination is the scariest thing ever. <laughs> and what you leave out and what you allow the reader and or player um to experience um in their own filling in the gaps is the most powerful um so that's why i like psychological horror 
um, quite a bit. So then the fourth, uh, am I on four? What am I on? One, two, three. Yes. The fourth <laughs> subgenre <laughs> is jump scare horror, which we were all talking about. Um, it's pretty saturated right now. Um, and basically these are games just designed around moments aimed to immediately surprise you or like shock you in ways that you don't expect as you go along. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about a few of those there. Five Nights at Freddy's is one of them. Um, and the last subgenre is reverse horror, which sounds intriguing to me. I'd never heard of this before, but this is a whole genre, which I'm going to look for reverse horror games because I, I'm very intrigued. Um, they involve um, the player scaring other people rather than being scared. So, like, compared to a classic horror game, um, instead you're, like, considered the antagonist. So it involves, like, assuming the role of a monster or villain, and um, you your job is just to, like, take advantage of others and scare others and just be the villain, the bad guy. Oh. You kind of like that Friday the 13th game. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of goes into, I, I think, Deceit, the game I was talking about, and, like, In Silence, for example, those are kind of examples of that because there are people who are, you know, the quote-unquote monsters or whatever have you who are, you know, trying to kill the other players or, quote-unquote, scare the other players, right? So, I mean, like, maybe those would be a part of it. I actually have to look into it, but just from, like, the definition that you're explaining, games like that, you know... Are, are definitely classified. I think then in that definition, Dead by Daylight would also classify too, right? Because someone's playing the the killer. So there's, you know, that individual who is playing the killer is then, you know, mm -hmm. scaring the other players. So by that definition, would it not be then, you know, reverse horror at the same time? I don't know. You know, it's so funny. The uh, Wikipedia page has three examples of reverse horror. The first is Carry On, which I've never played. The I've second is Dead it. by Daylight. And the third is fr Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> so. Well, there you go. Okay. We, we somewhat know what we're talking about. Great. Yeah, right. Good job. You, you passed the, uh, um, the trivia game for this yeah. podcast. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, a, a little uh, nerding out a little bit about horror and how to classify it. Um, I have learned more and I hope... If you're listening to this, you've learned a little bit more, too. <laughs> and if you have any more input, please uh, contact us <laughs> through our Discord or email us or whatever. I would love to hear from you as well. Yeah, tweet me and tell me how wrong I am. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I love it. I love it. I love the conversation. Let's go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Being honest. <laughs> okay. All right. So as we've gotten a very well-spoken breakdown of what each subgenre is, and let's go around a real quick to see, again, what your favorite subgenre would be. Um, I know mine is um, survival horror. But no, I just, again, growing up with the Resident Evils and your Silent Hills, like, those were just the games. Like, again, having to sneak, you know, to a friend's house or be like, hey, guy, can I borrow that, that disc from my PlayStation because my mom won't buy me the game. Ooh. And just... You know, getting that item storage that Taz, I think Taz talked about earlier, where it's like, uh, or even popped up by like ink ribbons and having to make sure all that's together. Because, hey, guess what? If you don't have that ink ribbon, you can't save the game. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, uh, uh. 
And that's why like the remix is just like, do you want to play that way? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like I just young me was inspired. Old me is jaded by the world. I just like, no, just give <laughs> give me the easy way, please. But yeah, I love survival horror. I'm gonna I'm I was so mad when Silent Heels never came out. I hear that Konami might be bringing that back, though. So, you know, hopefully I'll get my Norman Reedus. That's a rumor that's been going on for how long? Listen, Sora's in Smash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like that, that is my answer to anyone who believes my dreams cannot happen. Sora's <laughs> in Smash. I just... <laughs> I, I have dreams. I, let me just have this one dream, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I just feel like smushing it. I know. So. That's all right. Okay, all right. <laughs> I do it sometimes. Okay, cool. Oh. And Tanya, I don't think you mentioned yours. What is your favorite subgenre? Contrary to popular belief, I am actually a big baby when it comes to scary games. I mean, actually, I don't think it's... Everyone knows I'm... Like, I scream, like, crazy. Like, me and horror games, we are very, you know, or just scary games in general. We have a, we have a history, us, okay? Um, <laughs> so like there's times where it's like I will be playing a game and I'm like uh uh-uh, uh I'm not going in there I'm not doing that you're going and like it's just like I just I'm too I'll make someone else do it type of thing but anyways over the years I have come to appreciate um survival horror and psychological horror I think um as two of the big things because I really love storytelling and I love um like a narrative um, that's really kind of going to poke out your brains. And I think uh, <laughs> Puppet, your, your you know, uh, analogy to, or I guess comparison rather to um, uh, brain. Oh my goodness. Stephen King. Oh my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that took me a hard minute for my brain to be like that guy, the guy who made that movie that you hate the most too. Or the concept of the movie you hate the most, too. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, so, I just, like, so, yeah, like, games like The Force, I've really come to enjoy. Um, so, things where there are those kind of creepier aspects that are amongst you, but you are, you know, trying to survive. I think I like The Force, too, because of, like, the the base building components and, like, that kind of, like, you know, material uh, gathering, that kind of stuff. So, like, those type of things I'm a bit more biased to in general, just because that's kind of something that I really do enjoy in games. Um, but psychological horror, um, a game that's actually coming out on the 31st. So this October, the 31st on Halloween, there's a game coming out called, um, I think it's called At Eve's Wake. Yes, so excited for that one. Okay, so it is the right name. Okay, so I played the demo during... Um, Iwocon, I was a I was a streamer for Iwocon this year, and I played their demo, and holy crap, I have never played a better demo in my life of any game. And mm-hmm. this is saying a lot because this is like a, a, a you know a graphic novel, we'll call it. Um, and it just does such an amazing job at setting this environment and this tone. And you are, like, I was immersed. I wasn't even talking to my chat, which is bad as a streamer. You know, you you should be doing that. But, like, I was so into this game that, like, holy crap. And, like, when the demo ended, I'm like, no, no, no. 
no, I need to know what's happening here. And I was creeped out whatever was happening in this. Like, my goodness gracious. Like, it was crazy whatever was happening. And I just needed to know. So it's coming out uh, this Halloween. And you can bet all bucks that I will be buying this on day one. And it is one of those games that I think is a great explanation of what psychological horror can do. Because even though it's a graphic novel game that, you know, you're not, you know, walking around and, you know, fighting monsters and doing all these things. Like, it really creeps you out. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like that, too. I was so immersed. I was like, uh, I want to know what happens in the story. Like, this is so fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, I love it. I'm so there for it. All right. All right. Respectable. Respectable. Taz, what about you? I would have to go with uh, psychological horror. Because I feel like uh, a lot of walking simulators, uh, rely, walking simulator horror games rely on the psychological part. Um, it's, 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 it's a concept that I appreciate because I hate the whole, I hate seeing a you died screen in a horror <laughs> game. Because it's just like, wow, now there's just uh, there's just a lot of pressure. Um, I have to either run or fight. Um, whereas like a psychological horror walking simulator, you just kind of have to go and experience it at your own pace. You'll still get the spooks, but you're not pressured to do like collect everything, do everything, you know, run by anything. It's just it's a nice experience to have. So like subgenre psychological horror sub sub genre of that walking simulator but i do love me some getting my getting my head spooks because there's nothing more scary than real real life you know and psychological horror likes to tap on that a little bit sometimes no true words have ever been said <laughs> emily i'm gonna get on the psychological horror train because uh two of my favorite horror games um that i've played recently are um inside and little nightmares too specifically the second one um yeah just the like you were saying atmosphere is so important and those two games excel in atmosphere and the just the background i think puppet you and i dubbed it decorer because it's not there to be interacted with so much as just to be um decor for just how messed up the area you are in it truly is like i mean in one of the games in in little nightmares i think you ride like some bodies on a you know conveyor belt like I, you don't know what it is but you're grabbing onto it and it's wrapped in burlap and it's all stained and you're like what am i running on like what am i grabbing onto and just the little details are really what make a horror game for me sound design in particular is a is a great way to just terrify a player even with nothing like you're you hear a creaking footstep behind you that doesn't require anything graphically or even gameplay it's just atmosphere mm -hmm. so yeah psychological horror i think is the deepest form of horror you know if you can disturb the person who's playing the game I think you've truly scared them. And that's something a jump scare can never really do. Uh, so I'm going to, yeah, I think psychological horror 
but also with a sprinkling of survival horror in there. And I think that's what Inside and Little Nightmares does so well is that they you have to escape certain things and hide from certain things and just the hiding from this terrifying something that's stalking and hunting you is its own like primal level of fear. And that is a that's a good spice for a horror game as well. So psychological as the base, but with a little sprinkling of survival horror on top is Chef's Kiss. Love it. I love exactly what you said too, though, about you know the the psychological horror has literally something completely different that jump scare horror can't even touch, right? Like that's kind of like the truest form because it's right there deep, you know, it's not being forced in front of your face. It's being like manifested and kind of stirring over the course of your playthrough. So like that, I think, yeah, yeah, I I completely agree with that statement that you made. Fantastic way of saying it. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm asking because I don't remember. So I do apologize. Puppet, did you give your answer? I did a little bit, but I, I, I think I will clarify because, you know, now that I'm I'm sitting with these different um, subgenres, I'm realizing that my favorite games like The Witch's House MV, um, I also really liked um, Until Dawn, like most people, um, and a few others are psychological horror, but also like tread the line of reverse horror because... Like, my favorite narratives are you're going through this game and you're just doing your best, and it ends up in the end that you're actually the bad guy, you know, that you didn't know the whole time. Which I know we talked about in a previous podcast, like, oh, I wish I would have known that I was the bad guy, right? But there's a dark part of me that is like, I, I like that, though. I like it when I'm surprised and I'm like, whoa, so much makes sense now. Like, my actions make sense now. And this is now making me think more about my actions and what they do and how they affect people. And it's like, it's, it's like a mix of both that psychological horror and reverse horror. I really also really love psychological horror that breaks the fourth wall. Um, like another one of my favorite um, games. Um, it's so funny. As we're talking about this, I'm like realizing I have so many, I have so many favorite um, uh, horror games. <laughs> Uh, is Doki Doki Literature Club and how that breaks the fourth wall. And really, I don't know if you would call it the fifth wall. I'm not sure. With my own experience and a lot of other um, streamers' experience who play this game, um, just the um, the level of detail and the follow-through with breaking the fourth wall and then making you feel like this game is real and it's really happening to you. Um, is is just absolutely incredible um yeah so uh yeah there you go psychological and or reverse or however you want to place those kinds of games that's kind of where i my happy place is i think so you finished Doki Doki then i did yes did i did i tell you guys about my experience with Doki Doki? i think i did maybe i'm not sure Anyway, okay, spoilers ahead. Warning, warning, spoilers ahead. And this is a game where I really don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't played it. So I have not. If you have not played. Oh, Lord. Okay, close okay, your uh, ears. Uh, close your ears. Uh, deafening. Uh, uh, uh. Okay. 
deafening. I really I'll want take, her to I'll play this game too, and I want to watch her play this game. All right, we're deafened now. Yeah. It the end was amazing. Um, I'll keep this really short, but basically, um, one of the act. Okay, so they have actors that are on Twitch watching people play this game, and they wait until you're at a certain point, and then they jump into your chat. And Monica is in your chat, and now Monica. <laughs> One of the actors is in my Discord, and it is phenomenal. Like, they stay to the character, and we interacted with them, like, a little bit in my Discord, and they just kept to it. Like, it's it's absolutely incredible. How many years ago was this released? Like, 20... Oh, 2017. That was a long time ago. Oh, it was. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Dan uh, Salvado? That's how you say Salvato. it. So Sil- Salvato. Yeah, literally sends people in to portray as Monica. But at some point at the end of the game, Monica asks me, like, you know, basically says, Hi everyone. I know you're recording this. Yeah. Because it can sense that like OBS is open. I'm, and right. I was so freaked out. And then like they have a bot that comes into your chat, but then they also have a real person, and it's so realistic. You're like, no, this can't be a real person. And you'll ask them like a weird question and then they actually respond and you're like, whoa, oh my God. Oh, it's so good. So I'm really hoping that Tani will uh, uh, will play this game and I can watch her. So did you, did you realize why Yuri is my favorite? Do, do you, do you... Um, the end, well, her end anyway. <laughs> she is passionate for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very passionate. And I don't know, because I, I didn't watch your live stream, I'm so sorry. But I don't know if you caught when Monica's like, I hope, pretty much like, I hope you have a good weekend, you and Yuri. Mm-hmm. And then in that classroom with a dead body. Oh, my God. And you watch her decay. It's so yes, crazy. And you can see the sunset and the sun come up and down. And Monica's yeah. like, what have you rascally people been doing this weekend? I'm like, you locked me in here. Yeah. What's I thought name? it was broken at first. I was like, what? What's happening? Uh, I love I love those like non-text lines of just blackness or whatever as they spew nonsense. I'm like, all right, right, good job, sir. Yeah, okay. all right, we can. Okay, uh, all right, we'll we'll ask her to come back. All right, Tanny, we're done. You can come back. I have been resummoned. Ah, here you are. Yes, Tanny. Yes, I need you to play Doki Doki Literature Club on stream, and I want to watch you play it, please. Oh no! Is it going to be one of those games? It's so good. It's a wholesome, wholesome game. It is such a whole. Is it though? And you like the waifus, so you're gonna love this game. I hey. do. Like, I am so surprised you have not played this game yet. So, I have seen many a memes of Doki Doki Literature Club, though, and I am very scared to say the least ah. before we even go down that road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like actually, though, mm-hmm. it's so again. Papa would be there to hold your hand the entire time. Will you, Puppet? If you agree to this, then I will consider. You are asking that of a Scorpio, so (laughs) (laughs) with a Gemini moon, so (laughs) will I? Will I be there the whole time, or will I conveniently disappear once in a while? (laughs) Ah. My heart has just broken. (laughs) I love the the reality between life. Yeah, yeah, just keep reminding me how life is so chaotic. Why don't you? Oh, yeah, well, 
And I and I thought we had like this blooming, blossoming love and understanding I, between us, puppet. I know. I got I got the trickster inside of me though. I knew. Hey, it. at least I'm being honest about that. I'm honest about about me being a liar. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? That is a lot more than a lot of people do. So true. You know what? Respect. Yeah, chaotic good. That's the definition of me. So, there you go. <laughs> but yes, I will consider it. All right. So on to the next. What is your favorite indie horror game? And let's start with Puppet. Well, I have a couple favorites. Um, I think my most favorite at this point, and it changes all the time, but at this point is The Witch's House MV. Fantastic game. Um, it is a classic Japanese horror RPG game uh, about a girl who basically gets trapped inside of a house um the witch's house surprise <laughs> and your goal is to get out of the house i think it's my favorite because um there are multiple endings which i love and um it is frightening it's there are just the right amount of uh jump scares and chase scenes and um, the puzzles are engaging and yet uh, don't interrupt the flow of the the narrative, which is um, beautiful and wonderful. Um, and yeah, uh, I think I did spend how long? Like two solid hours on one level in that game, which... Oh, sorry, my cat. Oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> ah! um, he is all over me for some reason okay um i did spend two hours uh on the last chase scene level um trying to get the true ending quote-unquote true ending and i don't normally have that kind of uh what do you not patience um i'm not that stubborn usually but this game really really drew me in so i was like you know what i really want to get the true ending i want to spend the time to do this um but even without the true ending it's fantastic and the lore behind it is amazing so i think that would probably be my um most favorite my second favorite is um a game called inmost which um we were talking earlier about the different um subgenres of horror and how do you classify horror and um, although we might not um, classify in most as a horror game, I think I would just because I was scared and I was um, unsettled by this game. But it is a beautifully done game. Um, it is a, a 2D platformer um, with amazing pixel art and the atmosphere is just amazing and... Um, the story uh, is about three um, three different individuals whose stories kind of intertwine in one way or another and find out the end, um, how exactly they intertwine, and um, has a lot of uh, very deep commentary on um, family, uh, life, relationships, and and everything else. And so... I really like that in games. I like when they are, um, when they hit all the points. They have good music, they have good atmosphere, they have good art, 
and their the narrative is um something that makes you stop and think about your own life and um yeah changes the way that you see the world and i feel like that game does all of those things so those are my two very nice and emily okay um my first i think the first horror game i ever played was uh called never again and it's a pretty recent game um it's made by primary games and i it came out in 2019 um and it's really very graphically well done it's a first person game you play as a girl a young girl with asthma and you it's sort of like being in a waking nightmare you wake up and it's you're in a room and it's a beautiful sunny day but you can't find your family your family's not around you can't walk out in the hallway uh and you as you go throughout the house you discover unsettling things um like piles of shoes that the deeper into the game you go they become bigger and bigger and bigger uh there's a really terrifying section where you're running through this like maze and you're hiding behind a sheet and there's this horrifying woman chasing you. It's really, it's really terrifying. It's a puzzle game. Um, and it's just uh, very disturbing and dark and uh, really scary. There's some good jump scares. Yes, thank you, Petey. He has a lot of commentary to say about this <laughs> game also. <laughs> he, <laughs> he watched me play some of it. So yeah, that's why he's adding his own two cents. But um, it's... The the theme of the game is really dark and sad, and it's just really scary. It's really scary and hard. And the scariest part is also the hardest part. So you're stuck in the scariest part of the game. At least I was for quite a while. And that was very exhausting, actually. <laughs> but it's really impressive uh, thematically, visually, uh, and gameplay-wise. So um, I would recommend it. I think it's a it's a great game. The other one that I chose, which is one of my favorites, and I've only played a handful of horror games because I'm such a big chicken, um, is called No One Lives Under the Lighthouse by So Woke Entertainment Bureau. And it's kind of a first-person adventure, sort of retro pixel horror game. Um, you are a lighthouse keeper brought in from the mainland um, to... Well, the lighthouse keeper who was working there before you disappeared, and no one knows where he is. So right off the bat, you're like very unsettled because you're afraid you're going to be next. So you go through the island, and you're just doing these menial tasks, like you're refilling the oil for the light, or you're fixing a hole in the roof. And all the while, you know there's something lurking around, and it's just waiting to get you. So there, that game has fantastic direction, atmosphere. Um, there's this turntable at the top of the lighthouse that plays this like classical piano piece. And I, I swear that song was getting more and more out of tune as the game went on. Just those little subtle things that make you just terrified to you're like okay i have to go do the simple task and i really just want to stay in bed under the covers i do not want to go out there um yeah those two games uh 
those two are some of my favorite indie games for horror genre. Very nice. All right. And Danny, what about you? Well, I have a few um, that I do really like, but I feel like over the time, you know, these games have, what do you you call it? I guess become arguably not indie. Um, Like, for example, um, one of the ones that I quite enjoy playing with my friends is Phasmophobia. Just because it's ridiculous and I actually scream and get really scared because I don't know about you guys, but I don't like someone croaking in my ear. Um, But like, so yeah, I mean, like, that's an indie title, but like, because it's so well known now, I'm kind of like, is it still indie? And I know the answer is yes, because I mean, it is still like a small dev team, etc. But it's like one of those like breaching of like, that line where it's like, can this can be considered? Like, same with a couple of other ones that I that I play. Um, that's more commonly known. Like, another one is Deceit. I don't know if you guys know that one, but it's a free-to-play game. Uh, and it's, it's, it's along the same lines of, like, another indie title called In Silence or kind of Dead by Daylight, uh, where, you know, there's two people who is kind of a social deduction game in a sense too, where it's like there's people who are the infected or the monsters and, you know, you're amongst this group of people and you're killing people, but they have to figure out who the monster is before you kill everyone. It's, it's very like among us in that sense too. Um, But it's, it's again, free to play and it's very, very well known um, and lots of people play it. So I don't know. It depends on, you know, what side of the line you are on, on like if it becomes super popular, is it still indie? And, you know, if people are playing it to the point where like it's a triple A title, is it still indie? My my opinion is yes, it is, because I mean, it's an indie game is defined by the studio itself and the people making it, not by the amount of people playing it. Um, So, I mean, like, just like to put that kind of out there, like those are some of the ones that I really love, uh, granted, they're more well-known, but I still think that, you know, they have excellent value in them. And especially for small teams, they've done a fantastic job. Um, you know, Phasmophobia, for example, has done massive updates and betas and not cost, like, it didn't charge, you know, their player base a penny more than what they've paid for the game itself. Like, all of these things are are free. And updates, like, there's not, like you know, an extra DLC pack to get this character. No, no, it's, like, integrated into the game. So, like, there's a lot of things like that um, that, you know, really also add to why I appreciate the game. Because, I mean, it's something that um, the dev of Stardew Valley did. Like, he never charged anyone a penny more than what they've paid for the game. Like, there's been no DLCs that he's had to pay for. Everything has been free. It was just updates from him. And like, that's the kind of thing that I think makes indie markets very special is like that they're just passionate and they love their game so much that they just want that content to be out there. Um, Now I'm kind of going on like more of a, I love this streak and I love indies because I'm super sentimental, but like, (laughs) I think you guys get what I'm going on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I mean, like there's, so those are a couple right there. The other thing too, like, 
um, one of the games that I've watched since like pre-alpha um, is The Forest and they're Canadian developers. And I was like super stoked about like these Canadian devs making something. And I don't know if you guys have played The Forest. Um, it's quite well known now too, but um, my God, that game can be spoopy as heck. <laughs> I had to yeah. stop myself. But like when there's people staring at you in the woods and you know they want to eat you, yeah, it's a bit scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, so like I watched that from pre-alpha all the way to what it is now, and it is beautiful how it progressed and how it's evolved and like gotten even more creepy than what it was, which you know, I didn't know it was possible when it first came out that it would get even more creepy. But like it's those type of things where it's like again, it's that environment and that atmosphere that sam was talking about that's being established and so like in the event that there is a jump scare it's like it it seems more natural in that sense where it's like this is the type of environment where that would happen because like that type of thing has been established in terms of you know the way that these individuals operate and you know the the current scenario that you're based in right so the Forest is another one that I've really, really enjoyed. <laughs> and Taz, what about you? Uh, some of my favorite indie horror games. Um, if I were to say even, like, not just, like, specifying indie so much, it's just, like, it was just a great horror game, uh, was Layers of Fear. I streamed that. There's two games. Layers of Fear is one and two. Um... It's definitely the type of horror game that I prefer. Um, it's it's considered a walking simulator. Um, you kind of there is no item management. There's no weapons. There's no camera. There's you just you just go. You just kind of go in a very linear uh, linear just kind of objective. And it's developed by uh, uh, Blooper Team. Blue, excuse me, Bluebird team. And they've done a lot of great things like the Medium, Blair Witch, uh, and Observer. Um, and it, it was just like a, it was just a, a horror experience that you would expect to get from like just riding a roller coaster. Zero responsibility is had. You just kind of you just kind of experience the spooks, and I I prefer that. Um, great, great game. A lot, a lot, a lot of weird stuff went down. Um, and then my second one would be Absolov End of Gods, developed by Angry Demon Studios, uh, a team of when they first started, it was uh, some uh, some school uh, university students, and they just kind of developed the studio, developed the games, and this one is kind of like. Uh, Think of a kind of like a futuristic Norse mythology type horror game. There is some stuff you got to kill some things, do some stuff, but it's not. It 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 adds to like the Norse mythology in like a futuristic aspect, and you're trying to kill Loki, and he does something to your head, and like it it, it it's pretty banana. You end up in like uh, Niflheim, I think is the is the underworld kind of equivalent. Um, 
but that one's a little different. It's not so much a walk. It's a little bit more of an adventure horror, but a lot of not as many demands as certain horror games that have the same um, genre attached to it. Um, it it had the spooks. It had the action. It had the great story. Um, I ended up in one world that was filled with spider people things and that i remember streaming that i had to pause the game i got out of my chair i was like nope 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 not doing this and it's one of those situations where it was like a pure cinematic so i had no real choice to but to deal with it but um if you haven't already please feel free to check those games out and the uh, angry demon studios has come out with another uh similar kind of based like based off of North mythology called unforgiving a Northern hymn, which I didn't actually realize until today that they were the same developer, but that one is also a great game kind of also basing some stuff off of Norse mythology, um, which, you know, I would, I, which is a uh, kind of like a storyline or uh, a reference point that I wouldn't expect to see in horror. Um, you got all the classic demons, you know, zombies, things like that, but like to have, something spooky that's a different kind of uh universe or a tale to tell such as north mythology north mythology uh didn't expect but it is done very well so highly recommend those games um cuddly carnage is oh that's their latest game that's their latest game and it looks amazing. <laughs> it says, want to fight creepy toys and slice mutated glitter-filled unicorns as murder kitty on a hoverboard? Heck yeah. yeah I'm sorry, game. what? <laughs> murder kitties on hoverboards? Is that what you just said? Yeah, that's Please what I said. Please sign me up. Please sign me up. <laughs> Take my money. Go. Oh my god. Is it out? Let's see. Oh no. Okay, it says planned release date as soon as the unicorns allow it. <laughs> cool. I love it already. Yeah. Oh, and there is a cat on a hoverboard. Yeah. What a what a gift. What a gift. Wow. Oh my. Is that a pony? Is that a pony? <laughs> I just heard Sam say that like under his breath. Trailer's <laughs> like that looks like a pony. All right. Oh we're wow. Good. Yes. <laughs> and with that being said, that has been our podcast for this week. As this is coming out, Halloween, please be safe out there. Stay safe again with your candies or just going out with friends and be responsible at all times. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Game Raven Review Podcast. I have been your host, Sam, and you can find me on all social media under Sam said it DFW. Penny, where can they find you? You can catch me on Twitter uh, and Instagram and Twitch. Uh, on Twitch, my username uh, is Tanyers. Um, so a lot of the places my handle will be Tanyers. If it is not Tanyers, it is Revel Geekdom. Like on Twitter, you can find me at Revel Geekdom. Um, and as well as YouTube, but Instagram and Twitch, for example, and TikTok, you can find me at Tanyers. And that is T-A-N-N-Y-E-R-Z. That's me. <laughs> I like that. Um, Emily, where can they find you? I am only on Instagram every now and then. I post things like flowers or my nails that I did recently. Uh, and that would be at Adamanta Whitfoot. Oh, that's so she nice. She added me too. She added me on wow. the Instagram when I'm also really on. Uh, huh? I'm confused. So you added me on Instagram. 
Oh, oh, yes. We're like actual he friends. He feels very special. Yeah. Yay. Aw. So how heartwarming. We've had so many emotional moments. Yeah. Ups yes. and downs. Lefts and rights. Um, Taz, where can they find you? On your social media, of course. Uh, yes, you can find me at TazTDevil3 on all the social meds. I don't really stream anymore, but I do stream on the Game Area Review channel at on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, playing all the fun indie games. Hope to see you there. And Puppet. Yes, hi, I am Puppet Master N. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, under that name. That's Puppet Master E N. Um, aside from that, that's it. Also, um, side note, Halloween time is a great time to adopt a black kitty because yes, they need to be loved and, um, please be nice to them too. Don't make me come after you for hurting a black kitty because you're scared of it. Um, they are the sweetest creatures in the world. I have a black kitty myself and I love her dearly. So that's all. <laughs> Please be nice to your animals, especially during this time. Because you don't know those cats. They will knock off your like drinks off a table. Yeah. From frustration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're just playing. I love They them. are like toddlers, man. I have two, and they are worse than toddlers. I can say this for certainty, but I am 110% in agreement with Puppet. Love your black kitties. Yeah. They are sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And name them something cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like I like a good name for the cat. Like I was watching a video. They named this dog Thanos. I was like, mm, that's a good name. Oh, <laughs> is it a pit bull? Why do I think it's going to be no, a pit it bull? Was, it was very cutesy. It was a very small dog, but it was like, oh my god, hey, that's so funny. Call it Thanos, and I'm like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> oh my god, Taz, can we please get a pit bull and name it Thanos? Yes, awesome. Oh. I've been trying to yeah. get them to let me get a dog for a while, so maybe that'll be it. Now you have it on recording. <laughs> I do. I do. I just got to yeah, get the third. All of us as your witness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And as always, if you'd like to find out more about Game Raven, please find us on Twitter and Twitch at Game Raven Review and GameRavenReview.com. And again, join our Discord if you would like to. Have a fantastic week, a very happy Halloween. And until next time, goodbye.